Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Bradley Santiago of Phoenix Empire. Here with me today is a special guest. We'll say what's up, Kia. Let them know you're here. What's up? How's everybody doing? Uh, Kia is the creator and the host of the Female Veterans Podcast. Check her out. She's on Spotify. She's on iTunes. She empowers veteran women by providing a platform to share the stories of their military experiences and beyond inspiring women to overcome obstacles and thrive in the civilian life. She is currently de developing a nonprofit organization. What is that called? Artemisia. Artemisia to aid the homeless veteran, uh, female veteran population in writing her first novel, a fiction partially based on her own active duty experience. Wow, that is fucking amazing. That's what I love to hear. Aw, thank you. I love to hear it, man. That just makes my blood boil in a, in a good way. What's up? How are you doing? <laughs> and empowering women, that, that is, I love that because that's what I want to provide for my wife, something where it empowers her, you know, each and every day that she wakes up and she, she don't feel hungry. That, that hunger is inside of her, you know, and there's strength yeah. in that, you know. Yeah, it's a hustle. It's a hustle. Um, it's important to me to let these women share their stories because they're so important. People don't really realize what a woman's life is like in the military. So we're sharing those stories. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that 100%. And uh, for me, being a veteran myself, I've seen it where it's like, uh, females in the in the military, like they kind of aggravate you. And that's that 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 was my general perspective. They kind of were just, really yes, and it's crazy that I thought that way too. And I was just like my own. And then now that I had this own type of change in my life, I started think. I got married. I started thinking, no, women are the side. You need women. You know, there's mm -hmm. that. You know, women are the realest of this world. Women keep it real with you. That's what that's what us men fail to realize, and it really was. <laughs> I know that would surprise you, but, but then I started thinking about it and I was just like, think about all the women that have helped me in the military that were in, uh, that worked in like admin or certain, certain places of, of the army. They helped, you know, they, they knew somebody, you could network with them. You could absolutely shake hands with them. And it's, and it's nothing but love. We are brothers and sisters, you know, and it really, and it, and I saw that divide and it's just like, there really was a divide in the military, but, um, but anyways, that's, that's another story for another day, you know, <laughs> military from what I experienced myself. Right. Um, but yeah, so the book, that's, that's a, that's one of the last things that I've seen on there in the book. What's, what's yeah. the book? Well, I've been writing this book for a while. I have about 30,000 words to go before it goes to editing. So I'm super excited about that. I'm just, it's actually a, a two-part series. And it is based on, loosely based on some true experiences that I had while I was serving. And it's just about a young woman of color um, set in the mid-90s trying to cope with life on active duty and what she does to, you know, cope with that experience. So it's been an interesting experience writing it and a lot of fun. And it's just got a lot of really interesting um, adventures, I'll say, in it. Yeah, I mean, those are always good books. Um, what was that one book called? Uh, Something Goes to Birmingham? I forgot what it was called. 
but it was kind of like, it was it was about a family of of color like you said and uh they went to birmingham during the during like the riots in the 60s the civil mm-hmm. rights movement and that's what they experienced was that that's kind of like i didn't finish the book but that's that's where i that's where i left off that'd be a good book I for, it's a I think it's the Watsons go to Birmingham or something like that. Oh, that's interesting. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. It does sound like a good read. It is. It really is. And I just, I just never finished it. Um, But for me, I, I love it because what I'm doing is, is like, I'm of color myself looking, mm-hmm. at, you know, and, and when you, when you color out of the line like that, for some people, some people don't like it. And for me, it's, being uneducated you know mm-hmm. it don't matter about the color of nobody's skin it matters about what's in here and that's what that's what ruins me today is like sometimes that's what that's like a negative side on me is like why we fight about this or why we fight about certain things when we're all beautiful in our own type of way and it's and it's sad you know yeah I agree I mean I didn't experience very much racism when I was on active duty. I had, um, I mean, I'm sure that I witnessed some, but I didn't actually experience it to my, uh, that I was aware of. And so um, I just always believe that people have given me a fair chance. And I think that everyone should do that for everybody. Yeah, that's, fair chance yeah just an equal respect that's then that's what it's about you respect me i respect you you know Mm -hmm. and that's from the very moment you you meet somebody you encounter respect you know absolutely integrity you're honest with them from the very moment you meet them i don't have what do you have to lie about like what do you have to hide what do you have to you know, and it's, and it's unfortunate, you know, and then it's, and it's what it's, it's like, like, it's a, it's a quote that I talked about with that Robert Kiyosaki says, you got the heads, you got the tails, and you got the edge. So mm-hmm. in, the, in the, in the, in the middle, it always lies the truth for me, at least. That's true. I think it has a lot to do with perception and the way that people look at things. And I feel like everyone's perspective perspective is going to completely um, determine what their truth is. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, but as far as my book goes, it just is a fun read, you know, about kids that are on active duty and they're trying to figure their life out. And um, it's been really fun for me to write. And I think that it'll be pretty successful. I'm going to push it really hard, grind, hustle. And I think it'll be awesome because I think it's a story people need to hear. That's awesome. And, and that's the best. That's the beauty of literature and literature and arts. That's the beauty of it. You know, you take a message and you convey it in a certain way through a, through a book, through a scripture, and you, and you pass it along from how your perspective is. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, it's just your opinion on or the way you see it or the way you convey it. You know, it doesn't have to sit right with you. You don't have to like it. You don't have to like the music. You don't have to like it. 
and that's what affects me now is like I've been so opinionated sometimes but it's like I was an I was an ass about it mm. but it was really like, yeah you know and it was just like I don't like that just like negative but now it's like positive like it's just like I love that like if I don't like it I just don't play it that's it yeah yeah, I mean, I my personally, I'm always um, just really put off by internet trolling. <laughs> like, I, it really bothers me. I don't understand why people waste their time to write hateful stuff to other people. You know, if you don't like it, just don't look. If you keep looking at someone's stuff and making negative comments, then actually, aren't you a fan? <laughs> like, I just feel like, if you don't like it, don't look, keep it moving and just, you know, experience more joy in your life. Exactly. You just want to sit there and hate on everybody else and sit there and be so negative about everything else that you're not even, you're just letting your own life. It's like what uh, people live quiet lives in desperation. Yeah. It's true. It's true. But I definitely think that it's important to, you know, encourage others and spread positivity and put a positive message out there and just That's like, exactly. yeah, yeah. And, you know, everybody just try to be good humans, <laughs> you know? That's the only thing you can do. That's the only thing you can do is really like, why do this? Why do that? Like there's, there's evil in the world, you know, and it's, yes. and it's, and it's man's natural inclination to sin. It really is. Mm -hmm. No matter how hard times are desperate, we got to take this to get this. Well, I mean, I grew up in um, the city of Philadelphia in West Philly, actually. Like and um, the neighborhood that I grew up in was not like horrible by any means, but yeah. there are definitely rougher areas like my family started in the projects and like way it, up. exactly and Maybe. the thing is about that is that that I'm very aware of you know poverty and growing up like mm -hmm. the way I did I'm yeah. we didn't have a lot of money you know and we struggled a lot and what I realized in that struggle is that when people live in such an impoverished state they become desperate and desperation makes you do things to survive and sometimes those things are not legal <laughs> you know yeah. and so you end up in situations where sometimes it's very dangerous but you're doing what you have to do to survive and the problem is i feel with the system and I feel like politically no one's doing anything to improve upon this you know at all at all and for me it's it's I read about that in a book desperation makes makes basically makes everything corrupt around it mm -hmm. so that and a lot of money can do it too yeah and I read it in a, a Dan Locke's F.U. Money Oh, I heard it in his audio book. It's free. You should F you money, you know? And it wasn't... No, take a listen. It's about, like, having poor mentality. It was about mentality. It's like, 
yes, have money, but use it in the right ways, you know? Like, mm-hmm. don't use your money in the wrong ways, you know? Like, because from from your aspect, right, like you said, you grew up, there's a point where you didn't have money, right? Right. For me, I experienced that, like, all of my, all up until I was 13. So I experienced that all my life, you know? Mm-hmm. The way I grew up. Yeah. I was poor, you know? Like, it was just mm-hmm. poor, and that's all it was. Like, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But it was because of certain reasons. I mean, um, if you listen on my podcast, but it was because my dad was an addict. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, my dad didn't want to get us out the struggle, but he made our life harder. But now I thank him. Like, because now what I'm doing is 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 going to – is for me, is going to be monumental in my life, you know? that's 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 really like what i love about it is even though through all that like i know it's gonna it planted a it planted a good seed you know Mm -hmm. through all that and it turns it around and it's it really is inspiring you know and yeah i don't i I just complete 180 night and day i love it like i try to i try to do the best that i can but i want better and that's why you were you were talking about uh like the living trying to live a more progressive lifestyle with your children and mm-hmm. that's for mine and that was so inspiring before we were talking before we got on the show was how you were able to take a certain relationship in your life and make it for the betterment of your kids yeah i'm trying to do with mine right now like i just i just had like this long conversation with the mother of my kids for like almost 30 minutes on how she's gonna she's gonna plant bad seeds in their life that they're gonna have to dig up to get the roots out jesus that is harsh (laughs) it's true though yeah it's it's the truth though but i don't i I don't want it i don't want it to be it's not nobody's fault it's going to be our fault because we're not finding solutions that's true and that's what i want her to understand like the truth comes out eventually right so she was talking about how like I'm not going to be the main one to be the bad one here. I was like, nobody did because when I left off to be the military and I left you, who was the bad one then? But now that I, now that I'm trying to do something, now that I'm trying to make change, you want to start saying that I'm making you out to be the bad one. Which, which, which story was it? I thought I, I was living my life thinking that I was the bad one. And now look how things change. And I realized it for like the truth, because I was on both ends of the spectrum. I was doing, I did bad, you know, I did mm-hmm. good. I did better. I found the truth and and that's it. Like there's no there's no there's no thing there's no way around it. But now you bring the legality of things in the in the aspect. It's like this. Okay, well you're going to leave it up to the professional of law. You're going to leave But I understand that, but it's like no, just let me have this. I know what I'm trying to get, but that's why Yeah. That's a tough situation, man. Like, I feel like when two people have children and the relationship is going to go south, like, you really have to, I mean, I guess the goal and the hope of everyone is to be able to be amicable and to be able to talk to each other in a respectable way and make the decisions that are best for the children. And it doesn't always work out like that. I mean, sometimes you have, you know, dads that, you know, don't want to, you know, 
do anything or be a part of the life of the children. You have all different kinds of people. You have moms that use the kids to hurt the father for whatever reason. I mean, you have all different types of people, but I think what's best for the children, in my opinion, and I'm not a child psychologist, but in my opinion, I feel like the children, as long as they're happy and they have the love of both parents and you can get along together, it can be best for them in that way. Yeah. They see you know, it. yeah, because I mean, they're, you know, you, we grew up and we watched our parents and we got whatever issues we got from watching that, that we had to like process and heal and work through as adults. Right. And so you're do you're about to do that to your kids. <laughs> you know, you're about to give them those issues like some you don't know what they'll be but there'll be some issues that those children are going to have to work out when they're older what what are you going to plant in there like i read this quote it says um it says your 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 mind is a garden and you can either yeah. plant flowers or you can plant weeds you know and you you do that to your kids too you know, what are you instilling and putting in their emotional state psychologically, you know? So you have to consider that stuff when yeah. you're having a breakup, but it isn't always easy to do, right? Because there's emotions involved. Yeah, but luckily, <laughs> yeah, I did it whenever my kids were in their, it was like two or three years old, you know, before. like They're so little. Around that age when... uh I think they're starting developing their personalities around when they're five. Mm -hmm. Well, I know they're definitely set and, and the way their behavior is going to be by the time they're like seven, seven and a half, eight. Yeah. That's what, that's what I've heard is like, so luckily what I instill in my son is that he's Simba. He's the young prince. (laughs) That's so sweet. He can't roar too loud. And I try to instill (laughs) him in a good way. And, like, I try to tell him, you're the man of the house. So, like, because he's he struggled with, and there's been situations where I I feel like the way he feels is being misunderstood because they said that he was autistic, right? And they got mm-hmm. a therapist, and now he's talking, all because he couldn't talk. It's just, like, I feel like sometimes some people are unique in their own ways absolutely my kids both of my kids are you know and he's developing in his own ways and now he's able to talk now he can mimic what I say so he says Simba or he says he says something and then he's learning more and more words that way right on that's so so cute (laughs) so I mean I just, that's what I've always said from day one, whenever I was like, my son, she tried to, the mother of my kids, man, it it really made my blood boil because she said something along the lines of like, oh, um, he's got problems. Like, even jokingly, you wouldn't want to say that, but um, I'm sorry. It just happens, you know what I'm saying? That resistance, but it is what it is. Yeah, right on. But she said, uh, He's got problems. I was like, no, he doesn't. He's just special. That's what's wrong with him. He's a man, and you got to treat him like a man. <laughs> he's 
<laughs> no matter what, right? You, I mean, if he's unique, if he's got unique needs, you you just work yeah. with them. Yeah, but and my thing is, is like I don't think he's any of that because when I see him, he just loves what he loves, and when they take him away from that, that makes him mad. His dad is the same way. You take him away from what he loves. <laughs> Most people are like that, though, right? Yeah, you take you take them and you put them in a different environment. They're gonna they're gonna do. And mine is I don't have the flight. I had the fight. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't. In some ways, I've had the the both, but some sometimes I had to stay in situations and like adapt to it, and then I'm mm-hmm. able to adapt and then like a chameleon, you know. <laughs> you gotta be in this life. You have to yeah, be able to, to navigate. You know. You have to navigate a lot of different social situations and you have to navigate different, you know, work environments. So you have to be able to, you know, understand and, you know, work with other people. So you have, I think being a chameleon is such a good skill. Yeah. And, and I don't know, people would take that as like, oh, like you say that to like, uh, like, uh, somebody at a, at a mental psych ward, they'd be like, you think you have special powers. It's like, no. What? <laughs> no, I'm talking, like, there's, there's like, I'm speaking figuratively here, like, <laughs> PhD. I'm speaking figuratively when I say that. Uh-huh. Well, you know, that kind of environment, they don't play games, man. You have to be very, very careful. They got the keys to the success, but little do they know I had the keys the entire time. That's my aspect. But anyways, um, Artemisia. Yeah, Artemisia. Artemisia. Where'd you get that name from? Well, actually... It's beautiful name. It really is. It really is. I love that name. Like, for for a girl, like my daughter, Artemisia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a girl's name, actually. She was a queen. Um, Really, back... uh, Yeah, she, she was a queen of a small country... And um, she was a naval commander and um, pretty much like a very old kick-ass chick. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. And um, and for her time, I mean, it was in the very early days, like um, prior to um, the Roman times. And she was doing big things as a queen and yep and and as a naval strategist so i thought that was pretty cool um did i say commander before i meant she was the commander and she also was a strategist so just to clear that up and she was pretty cool so i really felt like naming the company after a historical female badass was ideal for me yeah for sure and <laughs> that makes the 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 comparison right there is just you were in the navy that's yeah where you got it from that's brilliant that's that's genius i mean i love as soon as i heard it i was just like i was writing it down writing down these things because i mean you inspired me. That will that will be a daughter's name. The next daughter that Aww, I no, so no sweet. Because all my <laughs> names, Adeline, Aiden, 
that's all A names. <laughs> Artemisia, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like Spanish. It'll be easy mm-hmm. for Puerto Rican, West Mexican. So, ah, that's legit. That's that's no that's no bullshit. That's I really like you a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, that's so but, sweet. <laughs> speaking about uh, speaking about the Navy, um, you know, naval commander and everything like that. When did you join? Uh, when did you join? the Navy. Okay, so my Navy story is pretty simple. I knew that right in my junior year of high school that I was going to go to the military because we were poor. And when it was time for, I went to private school. So everyone was um, picking out their colleges and my dream was to go to college. I just wanted to go to like a four-year university somewhere like- yeah, like somewhere really cool in a small town, you know, thought that would be really fun. But when I talked to my mom about it, she was like, girl, you're going to the military. And my mom had always wanted to go to the army. but She never made it because when she was the oldest age that you could enlist, she got pregnant. So when she was training for boot camp, and fortunately, I got a little brother but she didn't get to go. So when it was my turn, she was like, I want you to go to the military. You, would make her happy. yeah, it would make her happy. She was like, um, and that's how you create a firm foundation for life is what my mom always taught me. Go to the military. You'll have a firm foundation for your life. You know, from whatever you want to do after that, that's the starting point. So I was like, all right, it's my junior year. I'm not even going to take the SATs. I took the ASVABs and I scored high and they said, you can um, pick any job you want. And um, I chose to enlist instead of ROTC. I had that option. It was not pushed by my recruiter though. Believe me, he actually kind of tried to talk me out of going to ROTC, but he didn't really have to because I felt like eight years, I would owe the, the government eight years. And I thought that felt like a really long time at 18. In retrospect, I still served five years and I did three years in active reserve. So I kind of served eight years. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Contract is like when you sign, it's eight years. Yeah, yeah. It is eight years. So, yeah, that's eight years of your life. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like it was a re- that would be a really long time, and um, but I still I did five years of active enlisted instead of as an officer if I would have gone ROTC, but I did love being enlisted because the officers that I knew that were just a little older than me always seemed really stressed out, so I I I didn't mind being enlisted. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of camaraderie. I had knew a lot of cool people. I knew everybody. The base was really small. I had a lot of fun. I had tons of friends. <laughs> like it was a good time until it wasn't, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, I, it was kind of more fun than college to me. I felt like from what I knew of college, um, I felt like I probably would have failed out of college because I was in private school for like nine years and it was really strict. And um, when I came out of private school, 
you know, I was like 18. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to like get into some trouble maybe, you know, and, um, 18 year old does. <laughs> right. And so probably if I had gone to college, I would have partied cause I partied a lot, a lot in the Navy. And, um, Fortunately, nothing bad ever happened to me. Um, but yeah, as a woman, you have to consider those things, you know, but I was fortunate. I was fortunate because I had a lot of guys that had my back. And so I could pretty much go out and have fun and nobody would bother me. And my guys could be trusted. Thank, thank God. And that's how yeah. And so I was able to have a really good time. I think if I went to college, I would have failed out and I, and I was getting paid. So I had a paycheck. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. That's the yeah. thing. I was just talking about it today. Like, man, our, our paths mesh well so well. There's some differences, right? Every path mm-hmm. is different though. And then the yeah. they mesh well so good because I was just talking about the same thing. Like, if I would have went to college, I would have failed myself. But I knew mm-hmm. like the army for me was a stepping stone to get into college, and it did. Yeah, me too. And now, now I have uh, uh, my MBA, so I did eventually go to college. You got your MBA. But yeah, um, actually, ooh, I have seven classes left to finish my Master of Science. And um, I just am dragging my feet on going back to school. I've been on a break. Just, yeah, once you take that break, for sure, knock it out. You know, like go in there full-fledged, ready to knock it out. Because there's there's got to be a way that you can knock out those seven classes in a year. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would take me a year and a half. But, um, and I'm going to do it. I still have two years. But, you know, I had a, I had a baby, so I took some time yeah. off school. Yeah, 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 exactly. But once yeah. you get your MBA, you're going to be the first one I'm hitting up. Because uh, you're in, uh, what school did you go to? Okay, so as you know, in the military, or at least for me, we were taught in the Navy to learn really quickly. And so every time I would try to go to like a brick and mortar school, I would struggle. And I realized after some trial and error, because I, I kind of like to think like a scientist, life. Life. I, I, I realized that it was because the learning process was too slow. And I needed to learn faster. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I fortunately, I found a school online and that had my first school for my undergrad had uh, five week semesters. So you can't even imagine like you couldn't even take a break. Like it was nonstop school um, to get everything learned in five weeks, but I did it and I felt like it was a little too fast. And then, so for my master's, I, I enrolled in Southern New Hampshire University, which is an amazing school. They also have a brick and mortar campus and in New Hampshire and they're, it's, they were rated by U.S. News and Report as one of the best schools for accounting. Yeah. So I figured I'd give them a shot and I like it. Um, and that's where I'm getting my master of science, but my, my MBA and my undergrad, I did online at a five week school. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, so I've been looking at my own research and, you know, it was saying that like, it doesn't matter where you get your, uh, undergrad at it just matters about where you go get your, your, um, your majors, your MBA, because I want to get my, I want to get my MBA as well. I think we talked about that. Yeah. I I mean, well, I feel like, um, every school 
matters depending on where you want to work. So some places will prefer you to have a degree from Harvard. Like that's the best school you could go to. You know what I mean? But some places they don't put value on the name. They just want you to have the education. And you know, so it just depends. And you know what, and you know what's crazy about that is like, I want it more of as a memento, as an award. I don't want it as a, like, that's how, that's what I seem like, like Steve Jobs, like Denzel Washington, like all these dudes who like give like speeches like, mm-hmm. when they're graduating and they go there, they're like older and they've already accomplished something. And this, yeah. like, that's how I want to accomplish mine. Like, like I just want to say I have it, you know, just like, because there's something that you can obviously give to that school that's way more work, that's worth the education. Like I was thinking about like real estate, uh, opening up research uh, facilities, like building them, like stuff like that, like named after certain people within that area, like civil war, uh, world war, like veterans, nothing but veterans. Cause this is a veteran owned podcast. You're, you're, you're yes. you know what I'm saying like, but anyways, um, this is going to be the first part of, of mine and Z, uh, Zakia's uh, interview. Um, after we get back, we'll talk about what, what, what motivates her, what she, what she loves to do in life, and how she's going to turn everything, all these brilliant ideas, into being into the next Oprah Winfrey. We'll go with that. <laughs> the best way I could put it to anybody is like the, the part in Lion King. Well, Lion King itself, right? In the beginning, it was Mufasa and the lionesses, and they controlled mm-hmm. the pride. That's how they did it. Like, not necessarily controlled it, but they made it fair and equal and showed everybody the circle of life. Right. Maybe he loves that. That's what it's all about. It's about the circle of life and continue to show him that. But welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Bradley Santiago, with our special guest, uh, founder of female veteran the female veterans podcast and founder of Armisha, the nonprofit organizational group and author kia baker what's up woman what's going on that's good you know what i'm saying just just talking it up man i love the conversations that we could have with and and you just don't empower women. I mean, those the the energy I feel off of you, you 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 empower men too. So don't even Aww. <laughs> you know, don't even don't even sweat it. And because you're inspirational, you know, you you got a great story. And oh, thank you. That is so nice. You know, everybody 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 does, and it's a story that uh, that we all got to work on. It's always working. It's what makes us better. It's always working on something is what makes us better, in my opinion. The work never stops. You're like working on yourself. You're working on your family. You're working on building an empire or whatever you're working on. You're working on being a better athlete. I don't know. Whatever you're working on just feels like you're always working on towards something, but it helps us grow, right? Yeah. Positive change. This is what mm-hmm. you told me. You said creating positive change. Like, yeah, that's my passion. Yep, that's what. And give us some more about that. How do you? How do you? How do you feel about how? In what ways are you creating positive change? And not even, not even on a on a big level. Just 
throughout your household, throughout your everyday life? Like, what do you, what have you changed from the past five years to now that you could be like, that me was so far off from Oh my God, five years, last year, (laughs) six months ago, I'm always changing. Last year, last year. Yeah, I'm I'm an I feel like an entirely different person than I was last year already. Amen, sister. I think you got to keep evolving. If you don't, you're stagnant. And if you're stagnant, you can become depressed. And if you're depressed, you know, nothing good happens when you're depressed, right? Stay happy. <laughs> Stay happy. Yeah. <laughs> through through mind, body, and spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. That that triple beam. That's that's the whole balance right there. That's what I consider the Holy Trinity. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, the the Holy Trinity triangle. Yes. Mm -hmm. Tattoo idea. Mind, body, and spirit. Mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to take care of yourself, but you have to feed your soul, right? And I just feel like what feeds my soul is, you know, sharing compassion, caring about social justice issues, caring about people and trying to affect change in any way that I can on a positive level. And the first thing I'm doing about that is the podcast. But actually, I've been helping veterans for the last 20 years. I've been helping since I got out men, women. It just happens that the podcast is about women. But um, a lot of my friends, a lot of people I still keep in touch with, you know, if a friend might need and who's a veteran, you know, for me to remind them, hey, take your meds. I say, hey, I call them, I text them, I hit them up online to take your meds today. Like somebody is feeling suicidal. I reach out. Somebody is, you know, needs help filling out their medical forms and getting their disability going. I, I help them out but it's just what I've been doing because I needed help at one point and I had to figure it out and so it was hard (laughs) so I try to help people you know so that they don't have to go through it wow 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 wow. yeah I fought the government for 10 years for my disability for fibromyalgia because when I first got diagnosed with it people didn't really know what it was they didn't understand it what was it? You know, fibromyalgia is a collection of symptoms that causes your body to be in pain and it causes you fatigue, um, abnormal fatigue. You never get quality sleep. So you never get, get that deep REM sleep where you're, you know, you're not solidly sleeping. So it's restorative. And so since you don't get restorative sleep, you always feel tired, weak, you know, your body hurts. It, it, it affects your nerves. So um, living, and it gets worse as you get older. Yeah, and what have you been doing to uh, to kind of help that, to subside that kind of, that, that illness that you have? <laughs> well, it's funny. I spent a lot of time taking all the meds that they were prescribing me, and it just made me feel worse. I mean, one of them, I am obviously a happy person, but I took some meds, and, and just within days, I felt suicidal. 
and my family like intervened. They were like, get all those pills you're taking, you know, and they're like immediately. And so I stopped taking them and in a little while I felt better. But I mean, the side effects on medication is so serious. So sometimes when you're taking all these meds, it just pollutes you. So I started figuring out treatments for myself, making changes to my diet, like everything. I told you I like science. So everything is like a, a hypothesis to me. And then I run some tests. So like through trial and er error, really, I just discovered that, you know, um, diet played a huge part and um, medication, how I medicate my body. I am a, a huge supporter of medical marijuana. I think it has been exceedingly beneficial for my body. Now, obviously, I have kids. I don't smoke around my kids or anything like that. And I do enjoy CBD. Um, all the benefits of that has been so wonderful for my fibromyalgia pain, just being able to do that. And um, I would, I recommend it. To, I'm all about alternative therapies. Actually, we talk about that a lot on my podcast, especially for the treatment of PTSD. And so I, I'm about that life. Like, I feel like if I could help people that have fibromyalgia or that deal with muscular pain and have problems sleeping, I'm going to tell you this is what I do, you know? And now, with everything, everything so scientific with um, marijuana these days anyway, it's like going to a pharmacy. So when you go to the dispensary, so you can pretty much find some type of strain of marijuana that will treat a lot of different things, anxiety, depression, like a lot of different things you can treat with marijuana. And people have varied outcomes because everyone's different, but you know, for me and my pain and for fibromyalgia, it works well. Yeah. That's, that's outstanding. And that's, that's something I wanted you to keep going on because for me, it got me in trouble. Mm -hmm. Well, you're on in the military. If you're in the military, you can't smoke or you shouldn't anyway. Yeah. But for me, it was something I stood by so strongly on how it helped me. Mm -hmm. Just say no more, but <laughs> so you agree that's awesome not everyone does not everyone does you were talking about the medication same exact thing so i mean i can't wait to to till i get out mm -hmm. and continue with with the things that i'm a connoisseur of so <laughs> that's, that's that's just that's just for me you know like and then with the way that uh you 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 were talking about how you take everything and make it a science project you uh you basically just that's such a micro niche like that I figured out within within your own micro niches uh how is is that what it is on people who use marijuana that have cured their like not cured but helped their their severe symptoms of PTSD and fibromyalgia and different things like are they use it for cancer or they well I hear that they have formulated a cancer um cure in Israel and I think I was reading that and I was talking to somebody about that recently and I knew that their treatments there were really advanced and they used marijuana and so as part of their cancer treatment and 
you know, I mean, it, it's been talked about here in the States too, that marijuana is good for cancer patients. You know, it helps them get an appetite in it. So they'll eat during chemo. And um, I just think that, you know, it has the uses, it has its benefits. And for me as its own guinea pig, like experimenting on myself with to figure out how to control my pain, um, it worked because I was, I was, it works. It doesn't, it, there's no cure and I do have bad days, you know, and things like that. But for the most part, I am able to live a better quality of life than I, I would have before without it. And that's not the only thing. I mean, I exercise as well, but without, um, with the pain, you can't exercise. So being able to exercise comes from me being able to like use CBD or use, you know, uh, marijuana medically because um, it helps, you know, my, my pain subside enough for me to be able to work out and yeah, working out in turn gets me, makes me more fit. I sleep better, you know, all of that, all of those things work together like a synergy to help my pain. Yeah. And so, I mean, but I figured that out on my own going through the VA, you know, that was not an option. And um, I just got sicker and sicker and I had to fight for, like I said, 10 years for the, for the government, the Department of Veterans Affairs to recognize my illnesses for the severity that they have. And it's probably because of how outdated the, the, the Department of Defense's like medical thing is, you know, like how they just treat everything with pills, you know, like how to treat anything is through, through these four things that we put in our body. Like we don't even know what it is. At least mm -hmm. marijuana, in my opinion, is this is like at least I'm putting it in the ground, I'm planting it myself, and it's giving me something. That it's, I <laughs> it's from the earth. <laughs> Famous words. It's from the earth, man. And no one manufactured it. So, so if I put that in the ground, it grows, and it helps. Mm -hmm. You know. But for me, yeah. out. like everybody knows that I was going through my, I was going to get out because of, uh, I was going to get chaptered out, but that was the risk that I'm, that's a risk that I'm willing to face to be a free man. For me, that's how I was free. I had to fly away from that shit because it taught me mm -hmm. a lot of lessons. It taught me, but now I'm getting medically, uh, med, med boarded. So. I'm oh, really? Yeah. So. So just on some some uh, some bipolar, bipolar. Well, I'll give you this advice if you'll take it. Make sure you read all of your documents. Read everything that they're writing and putting in your file. You know, also make sure that they're not diagnosing you with a personality disorder because it makes it really hard when you get out. I mean, you can... Like if you, let's say, for example, you develop um, an illness or an injury that had been, had occurred while you were serving on active duty and you apply for your, your VA benefits for that because now suddenly you can't work or something 
and then you can't qualify for them because you were discharged in this manner with this diagnosis. There's actually a lot of people who um, did not have the best military experience and have been discharged at, who actually didn't have this after second opinions were gotten. Um, and it's, it's actually a thing, <laughs> you know, you can Google it. It's, there are people who are fighting the government right now because they were given that diagnosis. So my suggestion is just to read all your documentation, keep your medical record always. If you can get a copy of your personnel file, get your personnel file and keep documents of everything and question everything yeah. before you're out. And luckily um, I'm going on, I'm going on vacation to California next week and everything was approved through like my medical side because they declared me bipolar. I had to stay like nine days in a psych ward and everything like that. And I'm just like, that must've been such a crazy experience. It was, I went there voluntarily though. Like somebody, somebody challenged me and said, if you're not crazy, then that's basically what they asked me. It was my supervisor because my wife called and every, there was this whole ordeal that happened with me. And I was just like, y'all are just misunderstanding me right now. I'm not even mad. Y'all are, are the ones that are freaking out right now. Like from my perspective, I was just like, I was chilling, smoking some weed. And they're just like, you know how they are about, about smoking weed. They're like causes manic episodes and everything like that. It's like, but I was not manic, you know, like, that's what, that's what I try to tell everybody is I wasn't manic. Like if a pastor tells me that's a miracle that you stayed up for four days and the doctor tells me, who, who do I believe this doctor, this, this pastor was a doctor in preaching. That's Wait, you didn't go to sleep for four days. Yeah. And I was like, we, how were you doing? Venturing. You were what? <laughs> Venturing, I did, that's crazy that you talk about science experiments. I did my own science experiments on myself. I took like bursts of sleep, like, like six, like the most I slept was like maybe like four hours in one night, like, mm -hmm. like one, two or three hours, like minimal sleep, minimal sleep. It wasn't like no sleep. It was minimal sleep. And then I was just smoking weed and just chilling and then I was just writing everything down. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Maybe you had like a like a spark of inspiration, you know what I mean? Like, you know how artists will like paint and paint and paint and paint for like days on end and they won't stop until like they've created a masterpiece. Maybe that's what it was. And Van Gogh <laughs> cut his own fucking ear off. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think you want to use him because he no, was known to be a little. That's extreme. That's extreme. <laughs> that's extreme. But look at the look at the masterpiece that he left. Sometimes yeah, it's true. It does, it does take a genius to see something from a bigger picture from fifty windows? As a, that's what a genius does. I'm sorry to say. It. Look mm. it up. Grant Cardone said that. That's what Grant Cardone said. And Grant Cardone, I'm sorry to say it. Grant Cardone is worth three hundred million dollars. My, 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 my motive is not money. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks, everybody asks me, Oh, can you make money? Yeah. But I don't want it for money. I want it for the connections. Like, well, networking is important. I have networked. I already created the next Facebook. <laughs> okay. Ask me how, and I'll tell how? you how, 
How did that's, you? That's in, a, that's in a different light. We'll talk about that on a different, <laughs> okay, a different tangent. You know, on a different. Way, <laughs> I guess you could say, like, we can talk about that. <laughs> like, like it's 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 my my biggest thing is is the glass half full or is it as half empty? Is it glass uh-huh. half empty? Like, it's two different perspectives on it. Like, look, infinite wisdom, like I told you before, is not knowing everything but it's wanting to know everything. So I just, yeah. want to know, I just want to know more what's out there for me to do. Like I've, I've sparked my interest since I was a little kid. Everything is sparking your interest when mom's there telling the, your son, don't do that. Look, just like how your mom told you the, the military is going to give you a solid foundation. Yeah. How did it give you? I mean, it might've been rocky at first, but you done laid it out and it's, it's, it's going better. Well, I'm I'm not going to lie, it gave me a solid foundation <laughs> to start my life. I mean, I'm... To start, to start. Yeah, it was a start to my life. I mean, I was a young woman. I went in at 19. I just turned 19. I got out um, five years later. Yeah. And um, I mean, there were some situations that occurred that were less than ideal. Yes. Um, every enlisted, every enlisted uh, encounter for enlisted. So, and I, I definitely felt as a woman serving, you know, there were differences. There definitely were differences, but, um, I went in in 1994. So like at the very end of desert storm, I wasn't even Mm -hmm. born. That's crazy. That's so funny. I I wasn't even born. That's crazy. 1994. When were you born? Who's born after 94? 1997. Okay. So, I mean, you're, you're, you know what's really funny? Yeah, I was in the Navy. Uh, What's really funny is I have God kids your age, (laughs) which is cute, which is, you know, it's, it's, something I was reading today and and it said you know something like you're never too young to to start a goal and you're never too old to start a new dream yeah you know so I mean there you go it's just age is nothing but a number but I really feel like it's funny that you weren't born (laughs) When I went into when I went into boot camp, it's yeah. hilarious. And I mean, my experiences for me, for me, I had I had my kid young. I had my first daughter young. I was I had just turned seventeen. I had to grow up fast. That's when five years later, this is where I'm at. And then hopefully five years later from now, whoa. well, you. I mean, the beauty of it, right, is you're very very young. And you have the ability, life is just starting for you, really. So if you're this hungry now and you're put in the work, I think you'll be very successful. You just got just to gotta put in the work. That's what I told Yeah, you, you just got to put in the work. Right now we have to put in the work because nobody else is going to put it in for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I just got to a point in my life where I could do it. Like, I before my kids were, you know, my my biggest priority 
because they were little and now they're much more independent like there's now they're school they're in school so i have the time to devote to a career that i didn't have before i mean i had a career before i had my kids and that was awesome i was in corporate I did like, I performed on the side, escorting wrestlers to the wrestling ring. So I had like a hobby, you know, and did a bunch of wrestling shows. And so I had those two careers before I, you know, had my kids. But like, now that they're older, I have more time to devote to these kinds of causes, things that are important to me like helping homeless female veterans and, you know, discovering more about alternative therapies. And one of the uh, initiatives that I planned for Artemisia is to help uh, veterans, female veterans get grants for alternative therapies. So that's important to me as well as helping homeless female veterans because, you know, I went to LA, um, with a friend of mine and she was she's actually uh, my business mentor and she was we were talking strategies for you know development and we went to go we were um yeah she's amazing my mentor she's like with the medicinal like the medicinal um i don't i don't think that she smokes but um she's cool anyway (laughs) No, uh, um, really, no, she's really cool people. Um, and she is, she's, she does have a lot of the same outlooks. So she has a company called Eris and her name is Kelly Hagar. She is a phenomenal, she was a phenomenal top selling real estate agent in St. Louis. And now she runs a business empowering women. And she actually filmed me for a documentary that she's going to be doing about, I think it's 104 women stories that she's um, going to be shopping around, I think pretty soon. And or actually, I think she might do it herself because I think that she's doing production. She's going to do productions now. So anyway, she interviewed me for this piece and then we got to know each other. She was really incredible and she gave me a lot of useful information and helped me with my first speaker reel. She was really wonderful. And uh, she taught me a lot of really cool things about just, you know, um, forming an organization around helping female veterans after the experience we had in LA when we went to go pass out uh, food for homeless female veterans and we went to the vet center to see you know what if there were any like enclaves of veterans or female veterans where could we just go pass out food for an afternoon you know and um the vet center outreach coordinator said to us that, you know, if we wanted to do something for female veterans, then we should start talking out about how they don't get donations and that the public perception still is incredibly aimed towards veterans being men and they just don't make the donations and so when they go to pass out like clothes to the men they don't have anything for the women the women have to take what's left and that was like heartbreaking to me i just it moved me to action Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and then shortly after that, I got home and I was reading an article about suicides, and especially amongst women in the mili- and veterans, and um, the suicide rate is two hundred and fifty percent higher, according to NPR anyway, that um, than civilian women. So that's a huge percentage difference, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I just felt like I'm passionate about it. And Kelly really helped me formulate um, a strategy to move forward. That's great. And, mm-hmm. and it's sad to say that. And that'd be, that'd be something to, to team up together and knock out together. Because, uh, I mean, males standing by that as well. Because uh, I've actually been thinking about it. What I've been, I was going to clean out what I was going to do, I was going to do my own little thing just to try it out and see how I felt about doing it. Because I always leave the homeless a couple of dollars. Like today I saw right. out of the trash can. They like, around here in Hawaii, they keep like shopping carts and they pack mm-hmm. all and I gave them like eight bucks. Like mm-hmm. I had to, uh, to my haircut that I got earlier today. And I just like gave them what I had. And I was just like, that could probably get, that could probably change in, like he could probably go somewhere and like buy some soap or something, go shower or whatever he used it for. Like, and, but anyways, what I wanted to do with my clothes was uh, put in like packages, like a couple underwear, a couple shirts, everything like that. And then like give them out. But then I thought about like, there's women too. Mm-hmm. I just have guy clothes. So it's like, well, I know that. that... Equal. Yeah. Just do it for myself. Just in a little town that's like down the road. Like, well, I'm glad you thought about the women because that's what exactly what happens. The women don't get thought about and then they don't get anything. Well, care packages are an incredible idea, but women could use them too. You know, they could use, they could use sweatsuits. They could use baby wipes. They could use like a little bottle of perfume or a lip gloss to just give them some morale and make them feel like a woman, even though they're down on their luck. You know, give them the, 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 you know, maybe a little bit of something special that might Starting spark like, them to want to get back into life, you know. Your own shelters too, like, you know, like, but manage it according to your rules, like kind of like the homeowners association, but for like shelters, you know, and it's all nonprofit. Yeah, yeah, I I am definitely interested in shelters. And that's something that I'm looking into. I'm researching right now for the organization to decide I really like tiny home villages. And so I'm trying to make a determination of whether it, it should be like shelters or tiny home villages, you know, that would work out for them because it's an upgrade. But that's the thing, like, they kind of have to it's kind of, we kind of build a structure for them, you know, like no drugs allowed, like, but just depending on what it is. And like, we provide the alternative medicine and, you know, and just like get it all approved, like in some way, like that would be, I don't know. That's just an idea that I'm throwing out there. That would be amazing. Especially if somebody took, listen to this and be like, Hey, look, like let's take this idea and do this with it. This is what I love about collaborating. This is just ideas that are just yes. fun to me. Yeah, I mean, there's an existing village here in Portland for women. Um, it's called Kenton Village, and it works out pretty well. And so as a model, I think it could be really a, a really good one to follow. Yeah, for sure. 
Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I mean, and like you said before, it's all connections and connecting with the right people. And Artemisia is just, I'm just founding the, the organization now. Everything's just getting set up. We are going to be raising money for, uh, to file our not-for-profit paperwork, 5013C, I think it is. And uh, we're going to get off the ground where I'm, I'm moving. And the podcast is all part of that. The podcast has really taken a life of its own. You know, it, the women, the stories are just incredible. They're compelling. They're inspiring. Um, there's good stories. There's bad stories. There's crazy stories. There's what the fuck stories like, you know, and it's just, it's coming together really nicely because women care and they know that their stories are important and they're going to share them to help someone who's coming behind them, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, um, so that's that's one thing I wanted to I wanted to talk about with you is uh, the TED talk that you that, that we had spoken about. How is that? Mm -hmm. going? Yeah, well, I I just applied, so <sighs> we'll see how it goes. Like it's a process that I'm I'm still learning, um, but my goal is to. I took Speak to Inspire with Brian Rose in the London Reel, and it was an incredible was incredible experience. Broadcast yourself. Shouts out to. Yeah, that's why I took broadcast yourself because I thought um, the idea came to me to do the, the a podcast to help uh, the uh, not-for-profit organization grow, and um, I learned to speak um, publicly, like write a speech and and make it effective, you know, and um, not be so shy to speak in front of people. You know, from from Brian, yeah. My from my point of view, every time you speak, every time you speak, you want to imagine like you're in an auditorium. If that's what you're, if public speaking is your thing, this is how. This is why the Zoom call is so important to me. I make a bigger connection, and I talk in certain ways, and I choreograph it in certain ways, and I just count off, and then I do certain things, and that's me practicing when I am in front of a course, and I just want to sit down, and I just you have to kind of act it out in a certain way, but it has to be delivered from the heart every single time you do it, you know? And that, yeah. that's, that's what I figured out was like, that's kind of like what I saw within Brian Rose is he's just doing things and delivering things in a certain way that makes you want to stick to him. How can you do that? I know. Well, I mean, I think it has a lot to do with personality. Like yeah. he's just, to me, I don't know what everyone else's perception is, but I've taken these two courses with his organization now and um, I've talked to, you know, I've talked to him and everything like that. And he just seems really legit. Like he's so funny. He's, you know, obviously intelligent. He's, you know, has such appreciation real. for his family. Real. You got to respect that, you know, and it, he makes it kind of more fun than it might be otherwise, you know, yeah, makes, especially if you're a fan of the London Reel. Oh my God. I love London Reel. And I, I, don't, yeah. I don't watch it enough, to be honest. I should watch it more because I do learn more and more about it. But I just always think like, I want more of my podcast too. So I don't use it as a consumer. And I just watch certain videos that he has is like, you can't use social media as a consumer. You have to use it as a, so that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm still learning from him. And my plan is to have him as my mentor. 
that's what I want to do. He'd be a great mentor. I can I consider him a mentor actually. I um, just from these experiences. But I don't want to pay 10, 20 grand to go to the Guthrie. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, right on. Well, it it is steep. I mean, you got to be serious. And I just can't imagine yeah. like, if you're it, it, like, Brian goes hard, man. And if you're, if you're going to be meeting with him on a regular basis like that, you better be ready to go hard. Yeah. And and with that kind of investment, you're going to go hard. Yeah. I feel and I have to. And I have to and I, that's what I'm ready for. I'm so hungry for it. Like, I just need you got to get skin in the game. It, yeah. You know, it, it depends on how serious you are. And I'm wanting to, and I'm, I'm wanting to make these mistakes because I've made mistakes already on the entrepreneur, like lifestyle that I want to have, and that's what I want to change the world. You know, that's what, that's what I want to. That's, but it, it all starts here. It all starts on what I'm doing now. You know, this is my office, and I take this little thing and make it so big for me, so I can take it so big for me and produce something that's going to be for everybody so that's where but anyways just make something you feel passionate about and you're proud of and you'll be all right yeah miss kia <laughs> you know and and i appreciate it and i'll call you miss and i mean you're probably older than my mom so I'm I think normally okay so normally i i don't feel i feel probably um like I stopped aging at 30, maybe. And so it's funny for you to call me Miss Kia because I think in my mind, that's what I call adults, but I am the adult. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think I'm going to take it. I'm, I'm going to take it right now. I think I'm feeling this. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. It's out of respect and it's out of love. You know, I don't, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's going to be it for me for tonight, you know? And well, I thank you for having me. No, nah, and I appreciate you being here. You know, just got to, this, we can take this and this is fuel for our next one. And this is some ideas that I've been creating on my own. Uh, give me one second. Um, getting back to that, like another, another, so this is what we can do. So this is a little, a little spill, spill the beans for everybody. So with this episode right here, I can take it and I can create a whole another season with it with nothing but female promote what you are doing, what they are doing to, for the, for the female veteran community. And that's what I want to do is continue to spread the messages to everybody else's message. You know, micro, I don't know how much more micro can I get with that. I'm just going to use everybody else's platform to spread their own platform. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I want for everybody. So like I said, now this is your outro and you give me what you got and you let them know what you're up to and you keep going with it. All right. Well, this is Kia. I am the host of the Female Veterans Podcast. I appreciate everybody for listening to us just kick it right now and just have this conversation sort of like um, auntie to nephew <laughs> and just kick it and have a really good experience on this podcast. And, and we rise like the Phoenix Empire. I appreciate that. And y'all take care now. Peace.